Welcome to Unscripted Startups. I'm your host, Cameron Stack, here in the beautiful Silicon Slopes, Utah. This podcast is the place to be to receive actionable insight and advice for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with a neuroscience PhD researcher, and he's going to tell us a little bit about what he does and the podcast he's currently running. Yeah, I'm Wolf Nelson. I am a PhD student slash researcher at the Centre for Human Brain Health in Birmingham, UK. And what I study is your brain doesn't actually want to be on all the time. It does use all of its brain. You don't only use 10%. There is no way to make you use more of your brain, but you don't use all of your brain all the time. And some of you will be thinking, how can I use more of my brain? That's actually not the right question. The question I want to ask is how can you use less? If you are only using the parts of your brain that you need for whatever task you're doing, like listening to a podcast, that's great. Everything else that's getting in the way, for example, how your socks feel or something that's buzzing around and annoying you, that's getting in the way of listening to my sultry tones. So what I study for a PhD is how your brain figures out what's important, how to give that more signal, and how to turn down the things that aren't important and regulate them. We're not shutting off cells, we're just making them quiet down a bit, and that's what I study. I also run a science podcast. I talk about neuroscience in a way that people can understand so that we can introduce you to the conversation, even though it took me seven years to be at this state. That's very fascinating. And yes, I have realized that you can be doing stuff, but you're not that productive. Whereas if you really capitalize on the times where you are productive, and you just get a bunch of stuff done, I've seen better results than that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what entrepreneurs should know about neuroscience and why should they care? Okay, well, I think the first thing is entrepreneurs should realize there are tons of articles out there that are going to say how to use more of your brain. That's false. You always use all your brain. Just it's scientific fact. It's not even an argument. There's no controversy. I've sat and scanned people we use all of our brain. But they might say, how do you make your brain more efficient? How do you make your brain more active? How do you get more areas to produce information? That isn't really the question that scientists, when we talk about the brain, are asking. We're not trying to look for brain hacking tips. Your brain can handle itself. If you want to be productive, if you want to know how to make sure that you're in your top condition, here are the following tips. And you're going to have heard them all before. Drink water, eat a balanced diet, exercise, take care of yourself. You just take care of yourself, your brain will handle the rest. Doing, you know, 16 sit-ups in a certain rhythm and eating kale is not going to suddenly make you smarter. And I'm not trying to say this to make anybody feel dumb. All I'm saying is, rather than worry about all that stuff, focus on your business. Have a good breakfast, go for a run sometimes, and you've done everything. You're at the top of your game, so you can focus on what you want to do. As for the science, well, I'll let Cameron decide what questions he wants to ask me. I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up, is they're always looking for some, like magic cure whereas a lot of things within business and within life it's just down to the basics like if you want to be financially secure you have to have a budget if you want to start a business you have to take action and a lot of people get tripped up on these easy things and they're like oh it can't be that simple there must be something else so i think that's an excellent point to touch upon I will say one thing, though, you may on occasion notice, you know, somebody starts this new diet where they only eat bell peppers and clotted cream and it sounds bizarre and suddenly they're way more productive. That's just placebo. That is, they have something that makes them think that they're doing better. 
so they do better. Granted, by me pointing out that there is no magic cure, I've kind of popped that bubble for you, and I apologize. But on the other side, I'm saving you a lot of money to be saved by some scams that later down the line. However, you know, if you find some new, um, like some people started keto because they found out carbs were messing with them, and that worked, that's fine. I'm not here to judge that. I just want to make sure that people understand all of these brain hacking tips and stuff. They come from a side of neuroscience that isn't really where the academics and the scientists are coming from. So let's talk a little more about placebo effects and how that can play into either more productivity or less. Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously, I'm not a dedicated placebo psychologist researcher. So take what I say with an understanding that I'm a neuroscientist, but it's not my field. But uh, placebo is amazing. I My mind boggles at how impressive the placebo effect is. For those who don't know, the placebo effect is that by the simple act of doing or taking something, your body will respond in the way that you expect it to work, even if it has no pharmaceutical benefit. For example, we could have you come in for a trial for an antidepressant, and we have to have people who are healthy and unhealthy, and we have to give them a drug and the placebo. The reason is we need to know if we give you this pill, is it the fact that I'm giving you a pill that makes you better or is it actually the medicine? You may wonder why we don't just give everybody the medicine, but medicine has side effects. So if I'm giving you a drug that does no better than another pill that's got nothing really in it other than some sugar, then all those side effects I'm making you go through suddenly become a big question of ethics. The placebo effect is this boggling and bizarre effect that our brain, by the sheer power of belief, and just scientifically that your brain believes it does something, will do something. Also, the more complicated the procedure, the better the placebo effect works. So for example, if you have to take a pill, that will give some placebo effect. An injection tends to show better placebo effect. Um, fake surgery has been done on people where they've had people with a mystery illness in their legs. They've taken them into surgery and cut a small hole, opened it up, then closed it back up again. Nothing was taken, nothing was changed, sewed it up, and that person's mysterious leg injury was gone. Now, we're not saying they didn't feel the pain, we're not saying they were lying, but the illusory pain, this pain that had no clear medical source, suddenly was resolved through a psychological treatment, such as a placebo experiment. From an entrepreneur's point of view, that means you may see lots of entrepreneurs suddenly get far more productive because they're, you know, using a bouncy ball to sit on, or they're doing 10 push-ups every time they don't hit a sales quota, and that makes them think more productively, and they say that it makes their blood circulate more, so they get fresh ideas. These things probably aren't true. It's more likely placebo effect, but that doesn't mean it's not real. It just means that it's relying on this placebo effect that, truthfully, I don't think anybody really understands the mechanics of how it works. It's a impressive but elusive effect. I've always been interested in how placebo works and stuff. Obviously, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know even as much as you do. But, but that is super bizarre, but super intriguing. I have a theory about placebo too, actually. I actually think it's fundamentally important to how we're so successful as a species. If you think about our very long history before we had proven rigorous medical testing, we still had to survive and we still use medicine. Now, if a witch doctor or a shaman was to suddenly give you some dirt wrapped in some um, bark leaves, there's a very small chance that that bark and those that dirt has some medical properties. Obviously, um, aspirin is made from willow bark, I believe. So some barks do have medical properties, but the chance they got lucky is really small. But if you believe that magical mixture you've just been given does something, that probably would help you heal. So it's quite possible that our species actually survived through quite a few illnesses because of placebo, at least keeping the numbers high enough to keep a few people alive that kept the tribe going. But obviously we have no data, so it is only a fun speculation on my point of view.
Yeah, I, I don't know any of the research, but yeah, someone could try to put together some theory of how during these epidemics, certain people took certain placebos and it made them better. That's super interesting. What does business have in common with neuroscience and how can entrepreneurs be aware of these things? So two parts of that question. The first part is what does science have um, in relation with business? And second, why should business people care about science? I'll unpack the first part first. In science, uh, sorry, in business, you may come across people who have PhDs. There are actually quite a few people who did a PhD in science and then moved on to business later. You will find that PhDs and scientists approach business in a very rigorous way because of our training. Generally, entrepreneurs are quite risk averse. They're, and that's how most people are. You don't want to think about failure. You don't want to think about what if I don't hit my sales quota? What if my business goes under and I'm homeless? These are obviously unpleasant thoughts. In science training, you're taught constantly to prepare for failure what if your experiment fails what if your stimuli the thing you showed a participant just doesn't work the way you wanted what if your results and your analysis just don't function have you prepared everything can you show me backups that training you get to run a science experiment or a laboratory obviously relates really well to business so how science and business in theory should both approach a problem is very similar very rigorous, very evidence-based, prepared for failure, very humble about what we actually understand, the limited things we know. And in science, if you don't know something, you absolutely go and get a second opinion. You don't for a second pretend that you know something you don't know. These are all things that are useful in business. I would also say that um, business on occasion says there's a big buzzword at the moment to be an evidence-based entrepreneur. I've seen that around a lot. It might be interesting if any entrepreneurs actually know scientists to ask what they think evidence-based means, because I've seen on occasion um, differences on the standard of what evidence-based means. For example, somebody tried to suggest that I base my marketing strategy for my podcast on this book they read. Now, they deemed that to be evidence-based. There was this book, it had some good ideas in it, and therefore they are providing the evidence. To a scientist, that's not evidence. That is, I need to take this book, I need to then go and run an entire company's marketing strategy, or many marketing strategies actually, to eliminate the effect of chance. And then I need to compare that to a number of equal-sized, randomly selected other businesses of the same types, without using that. And then a third group where I use a different marketing strategy. So suddenly you see that's completely unfeasible, but to a scientist, that's evidence. A really rigorously controlled, properly understood process about does this marketing strategy that this celebrity has written in a book actually have evidence? Does it work once we get into the real world? Or does it just sound good? And I don't say that to be mean. I've written experiments that we had a whole bunch of um, studies. We'd looked in the literature. We'd talk, spoken to people. But when you actually get to testing it, when you actually have a person there in front of you, it just doesn't pan out the way you want. That's nobody's fault. That's nobody being stupid. But that's what the evidence shows. So science and business have much in common, but they approach it from a different perspective because of how science works. I would like to actually see entrepreneurs become more open to talk about failure and risk. It's a good conversation. It's scary, but it's good to prepare. Yeah, a lot of people ache people's advice just for the, the straight value. And I like to say is there is no one size fits all for entrepreneurship. So just because it works for Gary Vee or Grant Cardone or whoever else in the business field doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And because you can't find someone, even, even someone in your exact industry may have a total different audience. And so the way they go about marketing it is not the way you're going to go about it. And so like someone in the apparel business giving advice to someone in the food industry, yeah, you can take little pieces and apply it towards your business, but you can't say, oh, it worked for them, it's going to work for me. And yeah, a lot of people do, they have their blinders on towards failure. And I feel like entrepreneurship, there are, there is a ton of failure. Or 
depending on your what you deem a success or a failure, some people just have nominal success or just like they break even. But it wasn't a smash hit. It wasn't a failure. I personally have had projects where it wasn't a failure because we did make money, but it wasn't a smash hit either. And it's like, how do you gauge that? That needs to be talked about more. And we're actually working on a project to talk more about failures within business. Oh, that sounds very interesting. So I guess I'll talk about the other part, which is uh, why business sorry, why business people and entrepreneurs should care about neuroscience. This is a very tricky question because the first thing I'm going to say is you should care, but that doesn't mean you'll understand everything you see. Neuroscience is an incredibly complicated subject and requires many different fields from psychology, medicine, physics, engineering, mathematics, statistics. Everybody comes into neuroscience to try and understand, and we have to learn off each other as academics to understand and try and um, cope with the complexity that the brain provides us. It is nearly impossible to understand the brain in any holistic sense. So we have to chip away at it in small pieces and try and break down a monster um, in academic terms into something that is manageable. So as an entrepreneur, you may come across articles that say, you know, doing 25 sit-ups has been shown to make you more productive. The likelihood is more by doing a small amount of exercise a couple of times a day, you might see a 1% to 2% increase. Does that 1% to 2% increase mean you get new sales? Probably not. But they weren't lying. So the scientific translation of what somebody said in an article to what a newspaper or a site's going to say to make a good headline can lead to clickbaity articles without anybody actually being mean or wrong. With neuroscience, though, I'm going to give you an example of why it matters. Every single company in the world, regardless of their product, will have to deal with people at some point. It's just unavoidable. That person has a brain, although I know some people have joked with me regularly that they think their co-workers don't. I promise everybody has got a brain and they have to be able to work with them. So one of the things that's really interesting is learning psychology, how people handle new things, how they handle motivation to do things is a very well studied field. And we know that over time, Things that you once found really exciting, you will stop finding exciting eventually. It's called motivation decay. It's linked to the dopamine pathways in your brain. It's a complex process, but it's one we understand quite well. Over a number of years, something that you were super involved and super ready to do, you're just not going to find as interesting. The neuroscience says two things are going to probably happen here, and one of them is far more likely than the other one. The first, less likely version is you go to the Himalayas for a two-week holiday, you rediscover yourselves, you do a power meeting with your directors, and you suddenly become massively re-infused on your business, and you're like, day one you. Probably not going to happen, to be honest. Whatever was boring you, the lack of innovation, the repetition, the lack of challenge, they're not going to go away. The product's still the same you were trying to change you. And brains can be quite stubborn if they want to be. Here's the second much more likely thing that's going to happen and happen to a lot of entrepreneurs starting their company. Say that you're doing a job, you've done it for a few years and you've started to get bored. Okay, what will start to happen is you'll look at other things to do. You'll look at new ways to make yourself engaged. And for somebody who is very work focused, sorry, for somebody who's very work focused, what's going to happen is you're going to find new things to do in work. So entrepreneur start businesses, they go and do new things. What you need to therefore understand is the neuroscience provides us a guideline for how people act, what they're going to do over time. You can't really fight that very easily. You can't fight the inherent human nature and your desire to fight it is part of that human nature that you're trying to fight. It's all very difficult to beat in the end. So rather than say, after two years, I'm going to start really eyeing in my um, employees. I'm going to be prepared for when they start slacking off. No, find new ways to engage them. They're going to be super motivated on new things to do. And if they're motivated on new things to do, they're probably quite interesting. So take that energy and prepare for them to go and look at new market solutions that might have come up to problems that have developed over the two years of your company growing. Maybe that person wants to go do something else. 
sometimes it is very sensible. Deloitte does this. They train lots of their staff to leave. And that sounds crazy, but that means they have a network of 80,000 people across the world who are on super good terms with Deloitte because they train them to get their job. Deloitte now has a massive network of people all across the world that are ready to do business with them and remember that Deloitte helped them grow. So rather than think, I'm going to fight this, I'm going to stop, I'm going to make sure I'm super engaged and push through, maybe you should plan that me in 2020 has these ideas. I should probably predict that in 2022, 2023, whatever you want, I might want to look at new things. Maybe I should develop my business in a way that I'm preparing for new products, new ideas, and shifting, because that's exciting. And if you want to make sure that your company continues, do what some of the big entrepreneurs do. Richard Branson, man is fantastic at starting companies, seeing a gap in the market, making it happen. Does he run all of his companies day to day? No, he gets really good managers to run it. He gets directors, puts them in place, and he goes on to the next thing. He is a master of taking this two to three year curve and turning it into a billion dollar empire. You can do something similar without beating yourself up that you're not a billionaire. I'd love to know what you think, Cameron. Yeah, I think that's very intriguing. And business is all about being one step ahead of the curve and really creating innovation. You want to cannibalize yourself before someone else does, because if someone else steals your share of the pie or st steals your lunch money, it's too late. Like, yes, you can try to outdo them by releasing a new camera or a new phone, but then, then it's just a, like, we're just trying to catch up to each other. But if you're constantly innovating and constantly creating change and being the market leader in whatever sector you are in, it's going to be a lot harder for someone to try to steal your lunch money because you're constantly changing and evolving and you're not like staying stagnant just because the sector you're in doesn't have a lot of innovation there's that's not an excuse for not doing anything and i think that is important i can't remember which company it was but there was another big tech company that paid people to leave their company they're like we'll give you ten thousand dollars if you leave the company or something like that well, that sounds an interesting model but yeah so a lot of um, what i try and do on my show um is explain neuroscience and we call it water cooler neuroscience because it's meant to be a casual chat around the water cooler sharing these interesting small facts like you can't really beat boredom and lack of motivation but you can work with them and you can strategize for them what we try and show on the show is that neuroscientists rarely ever try to beat the brain we're not trying to trick it we're not trying to um, win one over and capitalize to push through you just want to understand how the brain works because if you understand how a system works and your brain is a system it's just a very complicated one you understand it better say that you wanted to make a um, weather system you're not going to try and beat the weather you're going to try and understand the weather and from that you can make weather forecasts you can have things that people tune in all around the world you made money because you understood the system you didn't try and convince everybody that you were going to make it rain on one day and be sunny on another those kind of people were insane and literally if you went around and said i'm going to make it go sunny today yeah you would be insane i'm thinking i'm pretty comfortable saying that but if you start to work with the system if you look at how you can understand things and plan that's where you start to get an edge and i've tried to say this before on other shows scientists do not try to understand the world as they want it to be we accept the system as it is and move on even if that means it says things we don't want it to say if a system says there is just no interest you can't convince people of what you want or people are just going to ignore what you want that's fine that's information that makes your business better don't get upset don't feel defensive that your product might not fit that gave you information to save yourself trouble and keep going and that's really what it means to be evidence-based from a scientific point of view that would definitely be an evidence-based way to take it rather than saying i read this one book and therefore i'm evidence-based you really should look at when an ipod came out everybody said it was crazy that people 
would give up Walkmans and pay £600 for a little device that would hold all your music on it when you really were just going to listen to three, four CDs anyway, and a Walkman did that. Sales came in and evidence blew them out of the water. It actually took quite a few years for anybody to try and copy an iPod because they were holding on to Walkmans and radios and um, licensing deals rather than Spotify and selling records was a sensible plan. But if you'd just taken at the evidence, you'd be really fast and you actually would have been the new Spotify because Spotify came in years late during a time when the record labels were having real trouble of not wanting to take in the evidence that people weren't going to buy record labels anymore. You had to move to streaming. So if you can find ways to do that in your company and like I said, listen to the neuroscience, look at how people act, look at what the evidence shows people's brains are doing. You'll do really well in your company. You just may end up in a place you didn't expect or even think was real. You may find stuff that you didn't know existed, but that's where you're going. Yeah, I find that super fascinating. And some people don't want to hear that they're a perfect idea, not a good market fit, but it's way better than spending a ton of money developing a product that no one wants to buy. And it usually leads you upon something else. Like you may just need to tweak it a little bit it. Also, I do remember when Pandora was like huge and Spotify was like this tiny little company and now no one ever uses Pandora. It's all Spotify. I thought you were talking about the jewelry company. That kind of proves your point there. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any last advice or things you want to leave our listeners on? What I want to leave your listeners on is when you are looking at neuroscience on the web, realize you are looking at a distilled version. I know we've all become very savvy that news stations need filtering. We need to be aware if it's fake news, if it's good reporting, if there's bias. When you're looking at neuroscience, because you are not trained in neuroscience and that is your choice because you chose a different path, there are things that you're trained in that I'm not trained in and I totally respect that. But that means that there are things you're just not going to understand. I would suggest finding ways to try and educate yourself a bit on neuroscience. There are podcasts out there like mine, there are other shows, and they may be able to help you understand how scientists are talking about the brain so you don't get caught out by some of the less backed up advice. There's very famously personality tests that just don't survive evidence tests there are some that do i won't mention them here but type it in you'll see it's pretty quick to find out there's evidence about things like brain hacking and finding out like what superfoods are going to make your brain better you don't need to worry about that like i said eat a balanced diet drink some water these kind of things becoming a bit neuroscience savvy so to speak will save you time and just mean you have a bit less hassle so you can focus on your business and that's what you should do in the end you should focus on your business rather than chasing this perfect idealized self that isn't going to happen you're good enough as you are but make sure you don't get caught out by some things yeah i think that's great advice and it's really really been a stimulating conversation. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And I want to say huge thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you guys have an incredible week. And don't forget to live life 1% better each and every day. Until next time, this has been a Unscripted Startups production. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button and start downloading each and every episode. Check us out online at unscriptedstartups.com or on your favorite social media platform at Unscripted Startups.